at least you know this is my perspective and my take on it you know like a lot of people would just stick with it's tunkashila it's uh, it's um great spirit that's coming and just use lakota words to describe it and that's right as well you know and but there's so many ways to describe the divine and um, at least that's how I see it and perceive it. So to say that Tunkashla and the Tao could possibly be the same thing, um, I see that there's no really right or wrong in that. You know, it's uh, just your perception of your reality. I was doing that before, I guess to get myself ready. Felt like a bit of a rocky kind of thing. It's not what it sounded like, I know. Didn't sound anything like that. I'm well aware, but it's what you gotta do sometimes. Get the flow, to get in the flow. Uh, welcome to Movement Matters. My guest today is Shane Rose. I'm gonna talk a lot in the intro in general and then tie it into Shane, but I'll just say this at first. Shane is joining me. Um, this is only like the third time I've ever been with him in person. Yet, uh, you know, as often happens, I feel that close connection, that bond, that even a little brotherly thing going. And he's, he's on the heels, the back end, if you will, of a big road trip throughout the U.S., and you're going to hear us unpacking. That's mostly what we talk about um, with a lot of pit stops, <laughs> to say the least, and sometimes we get a little stuck somewhere, and we explore it quite a, quite a bit, not surprisingly. Needless to say, though, he is a traveler, a world traveler, but also a, low, a recent traveler of this year, continental U.S., and I know him as well as a Tai Chi instructor and an overall health-focused fella, um, but he also considers himself to be a handyman, something he wanted me to include, and a leader of Huachuma ceremonies. And you're going to hear that last, that last word is relevant in that you're going to hear a lot of references to indigenous cultures. And actually, quite a bit of my intro here is going to be about how I, how I look at rites of passages, uh, rites of passage, if you will, excuse me, the concept of a rite, the rites of passage, a rite of passage, a vision quest, a walkabout, a pro, the process of becoming an adult or growing up, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to unpack some of that as well as reiterate a bit from the, uh, yeah, the last episode Two, no, sorry, two episodes ago with um, Ross <laughs> B.S. Sears Travis. I think I want to add a little bit to what I was saying there. Um, but first, let's see. I recently wrote for the website some good, I like it, some copy for this podcast, uh, since people 
often don't know what they're getting themselves into, which is great, I think. But, you know, quite literally, here's what I wrote. Here's the skinny. This is how we relate to movement matters as a, as a podcast, as a show. Um, basically, everything and everyone is interconnected as an aspect of the process and experience of existence. And to exist is to consistently, constantly even, be engaged in and with newness. So out of that word soup, if you will, we have newness, process, and interconnectivity. The other way we like to say it is no matter who you are on any scale, in any context, the reality is that you are both an aspect of life and life itself, existing as yourself and experiencing existence in its entirety as yourself. You are constantly changing, as is everything else, and you are allowing for and creating something new. That might be the only thing I'm sure of that's real, personally. And there's more to the copy. You can look at the website once it's up or in our last newsletter. But the bottom line is, no matter what we are exploring, movement matters. Hence, we have this show. (laughs) It all makes sense now. Um, there's two components that I want to click connect on there. I'm going to mention a little a bit more in this in the next intro because it's a little bit more obviously quote unquote political. And the next show is with Connor O'Hanlon, who's running for political office. But I was just re- reflecting on this similar kind of both and um, the significance of it this morning with respect to this concept of sovereign individualism or sovereign individuality, you being a sovereign individual, as well as the concept of, and I'm willing to say reality of, a need for authority. So back to what I was saying about, you know, what I was saying in Ross's intro, the intro to the episode with Ross, about J.P. Sears. Um, I, echo, I said some of this is already in there, but everything has value. That, that's sort of part of how this both end works. There's an interpe- interdependence. Everything has value. It's a matter of context and understanding the relationships. Why I feel drawn to be very critical or question JP et al., his company, is because I think they're disingenuous. And forget the satire um, Go listen to, forget JP's attempts at satire, his attempts at humor. He's a very bluntly a scared, angry Christian man. Doesn't matter about it. He's white. There are plenty of, that doesn't matter to me. Um, and there are a lot of people like that. He's talked to some of them. There's, there's a good group of them. Elliot Hulse is another really clear example. And the bottom line is not, they're not wrong. Like, I get why they're saying what they're saying. And there's so many people, they just keep coming out of the woodwork. And to some extent, maybe I'm looking, but I also think I'm just noticing what's happening. I don't think I'm really looking. It just, I'm just noticing it. There's a lot of, a lot of this kind of, um, well, I guess the best way to characterize it is people reacting to what they, they don't even know they're reacting to it, but what they perceive as some opposition to their, what they've grown accustomed to, their norm, which is generally speaking conservative, a conservative capitalist 
Christian ideology. And I don't know, of course, that there isn't an enemy. But I think we're wasting time and energy obsessing over there being an enemy. I think we're wasting time and energy and honestly just recycling the very thing that we actually don't like, which is this duality and this black and white either or way of looking at things and existing. And it's mostly unintentional, I believe. And it's mostly just ignorance. But there's a lot of disingenuous hypocrisy mixed in with it that can't be ignored because these people are loud. (laughs) And they have a lot of people who apparently feel moved by what they're saying. I want you to, if you're at all exploring what be, what, what Ross was critiquing and what uh, you heard in that intro, and you're exploring any of the, you know, the topics that have been coming up a lot, just keep in mind it's not about an either or. That's not new. Anytime you just notice the potential for some kind of extremist thinking or absolutist thinking, consider that it's black and white, it's either or, it's dualistic, and it's not new. And, and we're exploring the possibility of something new here. Doesn't mean throwing the baby out with the bathwater. New requires understanding all of it. But it's still going to have to be new. And guys like JP, I I don't think they're serving that the way they're operating. And it's kind of sad because he was, he seemed like he was, hence what what Ross and I were discussing, he seemed like he was exploring something new at a time. But he's very clear. He's afraid, JP that is, for this country and for his livelihood and for losing quote-unquote freedom and it's largely because of that what i i see so many people operating that way it's largely that i've been exploring this um so diligently because i think it's important that we figure out how to handle this perspective in a new way and not just ignore it and condemn it. And um, it's also important to think about why they're thinking the way they're thinking. And that's what I'm attempting to do, to say the least. But you know how I do that the best? The best way to do that is with a nice cold brew and an egg, sausage, avocado, Sandwich on an everything bagel from Native Cafe. That's right, Native Cafe. Go get a cold brew and whatever kind of food you want. It doesn't have to be that 
that particular sandwich, but that's a really good one. Native Cafe. Thank you, Jay. I'll do that stupid video soon enough, I promise. So there you go. Uh, I don't know if that added anything really to the previous one, but it's relevant because now we have to get into this concept of rites of passage, and Shane and I kind of explore that, and it, it touches on, again, this need for something new that isn't just recycling or returning to the past, and I believe we can do that, but the way I want to present this is not what Shane and I were presenting. This is my personal take on the challenge here. So for a long while now in this culture, I think we've substituted, without knowing it, three options. We've substituted, excuse me, the following three options for what may or may not be better, but it certainly was, from what I gather, the other way of... Um, know, growing up, this rites of passage, this this um, ceremonial ritual that people supposedly took on. And the, the three substitutes are college, military, and now fitness. <laughs> um, college, going to college, getting a degree, joining the military, becoming part of that um, world, uh, learning to become part of that system and exploring the world of so-called fitness. So college, of course, you're, you're improving your capacity as a, you know, with respect to your mind and understanding history, where we are. And obviously there's a lot of overlap in this three piece Venn diagram. I think military is largely about community. And of course that integrates leadership, order, authority, and fitness, of course, is about pushing your body and exploring your, you know, physical potential and the awareness you, you increase the awareness of what you're capable of. Obviously, you do that in all three, and obviously, in the military, you're learning about history. Um, hopefully, you are in fitness as well. You might not be. There's a lot of overlap. The point is that none of the none of well, there's a couple points. None of these alone is enough. And even together, these three are not enough. Uh, I think about blue zones, if you will. There's purpose, pleasure, and passion that makes up the life, the, the value of blue zone, where people are supposedly living the longest and the healthiest and the happiest, most importantly, blue zones of happiness. And you can see there's, a, there's, there's layers of those three substitutions that we've normalized in our culture within blue zones, but they're not enough. And I don't have the answers to why they're not enough, but I think we could try to figure it out. Um, not to jump around, but David Goggins comes to mind because people keep bringing him up and he keeps coming into my sphere, if you will. And, and of course, he's inspiring, especially from a physical standpoint. But his whole thing... Not but. And his whole thing, I think people are attracted to him because, one, he's inspiring. Two, he keeps telling people to keep going, push themselves, stay hard, if you will. And that's clearly valuable for a lot of people. Clearly, there are more people than I may, may be aware of who need that message. But obviously, I am intentionally saying, but that can't be everything. You need to be soft. I mean, for God's sake, I... I all I ever wonder about David Goggins is, it's like not 
like how far could he run or you know <laughs> how how many times is he going to do that it's like jesus when does this guy ever just stop and enjoy the beauty of a sunset or uh, of a child or for god's sake is his lover's skin beauty seems increasingly necessary to to focus on and I think it gets to maybe part of what's missing in these in these substitutions, college military fitness, because mostly they're about abstractions and, and constructs that we've come up with, um, and good ones. That they have value, both and. But there's a layer of. Um, they're, they're missing something. I'm trying to not say obvious, easy words like natural, but there's a layer of something that's essential that I think they're all missing. Something that is more obviously universal or ubiquitous. And we don't have to have that answer, but it's important to be asking why. Well, I'm going to say it. College isn't enough. The military isn't enough. Fitness isn't enough, especially because fitness inherently is largely a Christian club at this point. Um, you can quote me on that. But, and again, not necessarily a bad thing, but it definitely has a lot to do with <laughs> wanting to be martyrs and carrying their own crosses and pushing their bodies to the point of destruction sometimes because I think they're largely motivated to be like Jesus in that sacrificial lamb kind of way. Not, again, without value, but lacking a better newer context and by the way i'm not promoting that you do that but um if you do do that fantastic i just wonder if you're aware why so the best thing we can do is not fitness it's just an obvious option to so many people it's not just the military it's not just college and it's not just all three and we can have something different we need something different and I believe Shane is doing his part in exploring this. Hence, I brought it up. <laughs> Ta-da! So, does he agree with what I just said? I don't know. I don't think he would mind this intro. And Shane, thank you for the conversation. Um, that's what I'm going to leave you with. So... If you haven't already gone over to Native today, go get your cold brew and your sandwich and pause here. And when you come back, enjoy listening to Shane Rose. Thank you so much. Ta-ta for now. Editing can happen and just give it a nice... I think you're good. Can you hear me? Just tap it again. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, okay. Ready to rock, yeah. Yes, sir. So anything goes. Sure. Yeah. Um, the wolves. Let's talk more about the wolves. So tell me about the sanctuary that you were... Did you go recently? Yeah, so my girlfriend Caroline and I went, and um, it was early spring this year that we went. And that's the, a good time to go, is either early spring or um, in the middle of the winter. Oh because that's when all the leaf foliage goes down. 
and uh, you can see the wolves more clearly because the wolves will be behind the leaves and it's like you're looking at bushes and trying to see a wolf the whole time. So, but yeah, this wolf sanctuary is out in Lancaster, PA. And I believe it's called the Wolf Sanctuary of PA. Yeah, and somebody who comes here regularly, his sister is very, very infatuated with all things wolf and canine. Hmm. And I know she's been to that one. I think there's one in upstate New York. It's not too far from here that's fairly, I think, comparable. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like that. I like that you went for that book. I, I haven't picked that one up in a while. Yeah, The Spirit nice, of the Wolf. The Spirit of the Wolf. There's that one. Obviously, we've got the polar bears in here. Um, there is one wolf representation in here. It's it's not as it's kind of like quasi polar bear looking. That's mm. kind of why I got it. But I think it's more of a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. It looks like a talon. Yeah, I think that makes it a wolf. But we have. I don't normally outline this kind of a list, but we have a good list. We have your awareness of all things. Uh, I'm gonna use some language that maybe isn't appropriate. You'll correct me, but um, totem or, or the natural, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, the what you just came from the last night is relevant mm-hmm. uh, and not to bring up any of the personal details of the people involved, but if that, I'll leave that to you at your discretion. Um, your relationship, is it the Lakota tribe? Is Am I correct about that? Yeah, yeah. And what's the best way to say that? Because I know I... L- Lakota. That was okay. Well, Good. Not uh, Lakota. Look, like, yeah, I, I, the pronunciation for Lakota. I, I, I'm thinking something along those lines, but Lakota works. And then I'll bring this back around because I wanted to talk to you about a guy <coughs> named Nick Estes. Mm-hmm. Familiar with the activist? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'm curious. Um, I'll bring him up later. I suspect. And obviously, most importantly, like we talked about, your big road trip. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't normally outline things in the beginning like that, but it seems kind of fun because I know we have... The, these a, are all good topics. Yeah, quite a few things to talk about, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, wolves just came up organically, but I suspect we'll circle back to that. Tell me about the road trip because you I didn't realize you just got back. Like more or less in the last how many days or uh, weeks? It's been two weeks now. That's not long. Yeah, uh, it was good. So we took off on a two and a half month long road trip, and this is not my first road trip. It's uh, just you and your girlfriend. Just my girlfriend. Say her name yeah. again. Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. So I've been on road trips by myself, and then now recently with my girlfriend Carolina. So, yeah, we took off on this road trip, and in the beginning, we shot out to Colorado, and we met him. straight from Philly area to Colorado? Yeah, just beelined it out there, essentially. Uh, There's plenty of things to see in between. Yeah. (laughs) Like, not to dismiss anything in between there, Uh, but we had the... uh, Did you stop at all? Yeah, we stopped to sleep in Walmart's parking lot. That was about it. Walmart. Yeah, those are the kinds of details I was looking forward to hearing. Walmart's parking lot. Yeah, and uh, we brought like you know we try to try our best to do it on a budget, so we bring our own Coleman stove and cook in parking lots or a park if we can. But you know it doesn't really matter Uh, if we're on the move. We just got to whip up a meal and enjoy the meal and keep moving. Sleep in Walmart's parking lot or yeah. So we in the car. Yeah, front seat, right in the front seat. 
Yeah, I can go for like two nights, three nights tops. And then after that, I, it's difficult. It gets to be rough because... Yeah, your um, hips, like you were snapping. I, I mean, yeah. every part of my body would be... I'd be super uncomfortable. Yeah, and I, I've noticed as well sitting for... You know, like you, when you're doing like a jaunt of driving, it's, you know, easy six hours, eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. And then to sleep in the car for another six hours or eight hours, my ankles swell up. So yeah, for me, it's my right knee would get would get really aggravated. And this road trip hurt my knees yeah. to be sitting like stagnant like that. So now I'm suffering the consequences of inactivity. So, <laughs> and you know, that's part of driving for too long. So part of road tripping is uh, the... Not the mistake, but one of the things I did again was driving too much and trying to see too much in one shot. Um, what was the inspiration <laughs> to go straight to Colorado? Yeah, so to get back to in that. In which part particularly? Yeah, because Crest- the mechanics of driving, I'm sure most people probably know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the yeah. How much it sucks if you... If you're well, people get in that loop of like, I'm going to see this, I'm going to see this and drive everywhere. It's like, well, you might want to just see two states and see everything in those two states and not drive six hours right, eight hours every day it's like that thing may be six hours away from that that destination maybe six hours away from that destination to yeah. say the least yeah right. but so we went to crestone colorado which is just north of great sand dunes national park which is okay. south central colorado and we know um our friend out there who is a trained with the lakota and so he's properly passed the altars to have humbletcha which is a Lakota word for crying for a vision or crying out for a vision. So it's also known as a, as it translates to vision quest. Hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Say the and word again. Hambletcha. Hambletcha. Yeah. And uh, I believe I'm saying that correctly. And so you, we went out there just for the vision quest and he's also a roadman. So as a roadman, again, he was properly past the altar to carry peyote and to sit up all night and pray like that so mm. we went on to sit with him and this was my third time going out and caroline has been out twice to go up onto the hill and to go for a vision quest and yeah you, you have your choice of going out for a vision quest of one two or three four days and this is again like depending on the person who's doing the vision quest some people are no, you have to do four days. And for him, it's it's your prayer. It's your um, your sacrifice. So it's up to you of, of what you want to do. So, But you have to make that commitment and stick to your commitment. If it's one day, it's one day and one night. If it's four days, then make sure you, you stick with your commitment because you're not making a commitment to, to my friend who's running the, the vision quest. You're making a commitment to yourself, to life, and, and to the the universe, to God, to to the Tao, to the essence of all things, right? So that's what you're trying to dial in on. So yeah, you go out there and on a vision quest, uh, you do not eat or drink anything and you stay in a... For how long? Again, if, if it's one day, it's one day. Okay. But for me, I've done um, yeah, four days. Four days and they're drinking or eating and you, you have no f- shelter either, typically. And you stay inside your, your hotraka. And you're inside your hotraka is this fenced-in area that's uh, about 
eight feet by three feet or something like this, like a little square box, or it can be round as well. But uh, the fencing is the prayer ties that you make with um, little pieces of cloth that are wrapped in tobacco. And then you tie them on one continuous string. And depending on the altar and everything depends on some of the colors, but traditionally black, red, yellow, white. And then, um, then you also have five other colors that we're allowed to choose from, from this specific altar. And, uh, so you have 405 prayer knots for the 405 white stone men. And, uh, it's basically the gods and goddesses, the deities within that altar. So all your prayers are tied into that tobacco and that forms a, a space of protection. And it's also your prayers. So when the spirits come to check you out and to see what's going on. You got a beep. Yeah, put it on airplane mode. That's that, okay. I thought that worked. Yeah, uh, it probably does. Don't ask me. Strange. <laughs> Sorry for that. Excuse me. Doesn't matter. Um, we have an air. We have an actual airplane too in the background. So yeah. Don't, it's all fitting. The sound effects. I knew recording right now wouldn't be quiet necessarily. It's quieter than I thought because Andres next door I thought would be with clients, but we're mm. good. Doesn't matter. Beeps are okay. Beeps are welcome. Gotcha. Go on. <laughs> so I have um, a lot of questions, but I'm I'm waiting. Waiting. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to let you get this. Like open, unpack this a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So, uh, as I was saying, you stay in your hotraka, and you—that's uh, where you have to stay. The only time you're allowed to leave is when you need to re- relieve yourself and to go to the bathroom. But you should stay within that area. It's the area of your prayer and your meditation, and and for protection as well. And so during that time period, you're you should be in a constant state. It's trying your best to be in a constant state as well of prayer, meditation, and uh, the utmost awareness. Because we really never know how the divine is going to come and manifest itself. So the ultimate gift from the divine would be quite literally a a vision, like a biblical vision. You know, Mm. I say that to relate it to so people can understand. Like you actually will have visions without any substances whatsoever. And there's been many of people who've had visions in the tradition and receive that, and that helps you with redirection of life or a, a, a lot of this has to do with the people. Uh, so you come off the, the, the hill with something to give to the people to help the people live, to help find balance and harmony within the community and for everyone else. Uh, so that's like the 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 ultimate gift to receive. And then after that, there's many other things that can happen to help you and help the people. So knowing that this will be a road trip in and of itself, this conversation, because yeah. we haven't even gotten past Colorado and, yeah. and then we may be sitting here. We may be in Colorado for a while, it sounds like. What you just, that little piece that I just witnessed there when you brought up biblical, or you mentioned, you literally said the word biblical, like, my perception was that you like footnoted that for a reason and yeah well okay. well and the reason i wanted to clarify because i'm curious you laid out what i interpreted as a fairly almost the word i'm going to use is like all inclusive almost universalist kind of um perspective you brought up obviously we mentioned lakota which in and of itself is 
referred to as a Native American um, nation or tribe or country, if mm. you or um, yeah. And you mentioned Dao. I know you have a background in Taoism because of my awareness of your relationship with Tai Chi. Um, you mentioned things that are implicit for <clears throat> health and wellness and nutrition. The questions about how much do you really need water? Is it true that you will die after just a couple of days of not drinking anything? Um, which is a story I think a lot of people believe. And you also acknowledged deities and um, spirits, of course, which doesn't surprise me. But I realize as I'm hearing all this, like this is a, again, the wording that's tempting to use, like a, a sort of universally um, integrative perspective that you're laying out there. It's not inherently, obviously, one kind of tradition that I'm perceiving given my assumptions, mm. which is kind of neat. So biblical just sounds like it fits right in there, but you footnoted it. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I have a, th I think I've heard that the Cherokee nation had some concept or some awareness at one point of Jesus. And you, I was curious about whether you knew anything about that. I don't know. I've just heard that from actually my cousin who is more interested in what a lot of what you're describing and lives in Asheville and has um, actual, yeah, he is part of a, it's what, it's not a church. What is it called? Um, the, when you go to the TP and you all sit together and a native American church. Yeah. But I think, the, the, yes, exactly. But I think there's another term they have for it. I could be wrong though, but he's part of a native American church down there. Mm -hmm. So I hear about a lot of these kinds of, um, yeah, uh, interests from him to say the least. Hmm. People, so he's mentioned things that are more quote unquote biblical, i.e., Jesus as well. Needless to say, you saying biblical didn't jar me, but I'm curious as to why you footnoted it. <laughs> well, uh, at least giving our cultural context of of Christianity within this nation, the United States, um, you know, a lot of people are familiar with it. So you've, we all, have, um, I can't assume that everyone's heard of it, but it's easier just to kind of lay out that way that, um, you know, in the Bible, you hear of people having visions of like angels and everything else that comes to them. And it's burning bushes. Yeah, yeah. Of these things. So they've had these visions. So I bring in that biblical vision because you think of it like in another way of like, yeah, you, you go ahead and you have visions out in the, out in nature. And it's like, you do what? And it's like, it's quite literally like a biblical thing. Like it's, it's possible that you and I and other people can have these visions, not to tie in any Christianity to it or, or whatsoever. It's uh, that's not the, what I was trying to go for. No, I knew that, yeah. but I, well, I was very, I was mostly sure of that. Yeah. I'm checking the guy's name. Um, but regardless of adding Christianity to it, I was just intrigued by the fact that yeah. there's an, I'm very interested in what's similar. It's curious what is different based on the different nations and traditions and histories and cultures, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. It's important. It matters. The distinctions matter. 
I'm always fascinated personally by the the consistencies, though the through lines, the patterns. Yeah, and there are you more or less mentioned how there are so many (laughs) without saying it explicitly. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or even just throwing in DAOs, like yeah, there's so much that's inherently fundamentally human about all of these stories and traditions and cultures, regardless of geography, regardless of time mm. and the significance of that cannot be understated as far as i'm concerned mm. so for you to bring up biblicals like yeah i heard it too mm-hmm. we're talking about a lakota um what would be the right word tradition or, yeah, or tradition yeah, culture culture and throw in the word bible i don't think that's yeah. inherent yeah <laughs> you know it's uh at least, you know, this is my perspective and my take on it. You know, like a lot of people would just stick with it's Tunkashila. It's uh, it's um, great spirit that's coming and just use Lakota words to describe it. And that's right as well, you know. And But there's so many ways to describe the divine. And um, at least that's how I see it and perceive it. So to say that Tunkashila and the Tao could possibly be the same thing um i see that there's no really right or wrong in that you know it's uh just your perception of your reality i love that and it makes me excited to hear that that's that's um where you're coming from it doesn't surprise me i'm just double checking about this gentleman named nick estes who i i listened to relatively recently Mm. um you weren't far from where he works, actually, but oh, yeah, yeah. I was trying to double check if his really if it was. He, he organizes with the Red Nation, an indigenous-led leftist organization. Is that something you're familiar with at all? Well, the I don't, I don't know about the Red Nation. I never heard Red Nation, but yeah. there's you know you're walking the red road. That's what does that refer to again? The as far as I know, the indigenous way of, of being and, oh. and to how you hold yourself in life in general and to walk the red road is a road of, uh, it doesn't have to be difficult, it can be beautiful, but it's a road of truth and trust and honesty and compassion and understanding and, and wisdom. And um, So it's yeah. a road of virtue. Yeah, and that, that can be uh, a difficult, narrow, razor's edge road to walk. Depending, There's another on, metaphor that ties in directly with the sort of almost Buddhist. Uh, yeah, the middle um, way. The middle way, the razor's edge. Great novel if you haven't read it. No, I haven't, no. I encourage you. It's very sweet. It's a from like the mid or early 20th centuries, Brit- mm-hmm. I think British author Somerset Maugham. It's actually made into a, a pretty neat movie with Bill Murray as the lead. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, and it's called it The Razor's Edge. Good novel. Really good novel. But that exact same metaphor. And, of, of course, you're reminding me as well. Of, what is it? The Parable of the Two Wolves. Back to Wolves, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that's considered a Cherokee parable. Is that correct? As far I'm, as you understand? I'm not sure the origin of that. Yeah. I kind of figured we just made that up when people said that. Yeah. <laughs> It's what the internet says usually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the path yeah. of virtue is essentially what you're. Yeah, the red the red road. I 
Never heard yeah. that one. That's a nice one to add. It's a it's a way of you know putting others before yourself as well. It's it's not about I, me, and mine. It's about we, us, and our, and the tribe, and keeping the people alive to live in harmony and peace to re to help release the suffering. So, uh, so. knowing you went on this wonderful road trip, mm -hmm. I'm very very curious, especially when you mentioned it on the phone the other day. Your new attitude and awareness of the the we and us that is at very the very least this quote-unquote nation and what brought you to even having this relationship with the red road that's important too what's the mm. is there a short version for that doesn't have to be but is um is there a story I worth think, telling there <laughs> i guess getting involved in these ways i was fortunate enough to have my first uh, Native American ceremony with the Diné. Was the, that a sweat lodge or? No, with the Diné is the Navajo. Um, okay. Yeah, the Diné. Southwest. Southwest, yeah. So I had a chance to sit with uh, an elder and. Arizona. Be, I was New in. Um, right on the border of Arizona and New Mexico okay. there. And yeah, it was a water ceremony to help these two women in their healing and. Um, had my first ceremony with them. And then after that, uh, it just kept on coming up more and more and kept on being present. And I got invited to... When did you say that was? That was on my first road trip in the United States, like nine years ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so a lot of history to this for you. Yeah. Because you're not an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so that was the first one. And then, then I got invited to my first Sundance and went to the Sundance in South Dakota and then started supporting there and just kept on kind of evolving. And uh, I found great appreciation for and appreciation and like just a way of praying and sitting up with people and going into sweats and, and EPs and yeah, just doing it like that. So here we are with it. Good Lord. Yeah. this We're not going to get very far on your road trip today. <laughs> even just curiosities about what a water ceremony really entails and Sundance ceremony. Mm -hmm. there, all of this requires much more than 90 minutes at, at least, of course. <laughs> um, well, we, we'll see what ground we can cover, you know? Yeah, and that's good enough for me too. I'm so curious, again, specifically maybe about what you're learn what you've learned as you're I guess it's marinating or like settling in for you about this this thing that is us, this US that is an us. Because mm. um, you saw how many states did you go through? Obviously on, not just Colorado and the on ones this between. road trip that what we saw, it's uh, I went to Colorado, New Mexico, Utah, California, Idaho, Wyoming, South Dakota, Ohio. And yeah, so that was eight eight states. Not to mention the ones you drove through in between. Yeah, you know, it's like that's a bit difficult, right? Like, did I really visit them? Sure. You know. No, yeah, I get it. Maybe yeah. maybe you stopped for gas, but did you? But visit? yeah, drove through yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, had maybe some interaction with someone at a gas station or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you know? no, I get it. That might not count. Like I, I've technically been to the Rockies, but it was by train. I, it's shocking to even me that I haven't spent any time in Colorado. Mm. and the general rockies it's like 
I view it as like this ultimate gift that I'll eventually give myself mm-hmm. when I'm really needing it because I know that I'll probably just, you know, be a kid in a candy shop. But I've never really spent any time there except through, I traveled by train in 2007 throughout the country. Um, mm. So I saw, but I didn't really experience either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to do it. I will. If you, if you, you know, you have the time and the means and all that, it's, I even have the invitation to stay a couple friends in Colorado at this point. Um, But that you were, that's a good list to say the least. Mm. What is it? Do you have a general takeaway at this point? Is there one that's like becoming clear (laughs) for what do you mean by that? Well, I perceive this as a pretty, pretty, unique time to take a road trip i mean any time is a good time to take a road trip probably but my perception is that you know with the pandemic and the i I particularly around here perceive a i don't actually watch the news like almost ever to be frank which is not necessarily good or bad but it's just the truth Hmm. and but I don't want to. I don't feel like I need to. I think I'm pretty informed. I think I um, get enough information with the people in my life and vicariously hear about the quote-unquote news through them. But I guess the general curiosity is, are we... Um, well, yeah, what's the... What's the state? Are we as united as we want to be? Could we be more? Is there truly a unity in this thing called us? Or is it is it falling? Is it frayed? Is it are the nerves a little uh, fried? Or are people just doing their thing and we're all we're all okay? Uh, That's what you were supposed to figure out on your road trip. <laughs> that was the main objective, huh? No, uh, no I'm sure. I'm, well, obviously, it wasn't. I'm just selfishly curious if you noticed anything relevant to that. The, to the time I spent in the states um, has been amazing. I, I've noticed quite a few people automatically assume that. Uh, you know, Americans are assholes. Like, are you not uh, from the U.S.? No, no, I am. Oh, okay. like, I didn't mean to say it like that, but we are as people. Like, we're just jerks to each other all the time, and I get that often. And I think, like, no, we're we're really not. Um, so I did that road trip. I have to, I don't know how many road trips I've been on now in the states. At least four. So, and I've also hitchhiked in the states for six months straight. And just used hitchhiking and standing out on the interstates and everything. And I've had a lot of personal interactions with quite a few people in in a lot of different areas in the States. And uh, in the United States, we're very diverse in that way that every state has its own unique characteristic and like mini culture within itself. And the general overview that I found is like, we are such nice, kind, caring, helping people. And so it's a really strange thing when people say like, oh, like, 
what was that like? And they have this like slant right away. And I'm like, no, it's, it was great. Like people are so nice and uh, helpful and so caring, you know? And so that was kind of the first thing that I've, uh, I really took away from spending time in the States like that. And, uh, the weird perception that we have. And even when I talk to international travelers, it's like they say they went up to New York City and they deal with New York. And it's like, how is New York? It's like, oh, the, as a foreigner, they're like, oh, it was great. You, people are so friendly there. It's crazy. But we all have this perception like, ah, oh, New Yorkers. Uh, it's like, you know, they'll walk all over you. But other people see it differently. And now it could be because they're foreigners and people generally want to help them. But uh, I don't know. I've always found that people can be helpful. Very, very nice. Um, for sure, you get some people that are just too busy or they can't be bothered, but you got to find that everywhere. Uh, as far as the overall like, heartbeat of our community, yeah, it's become more and more tribal. You know, people really pick well, sides. Hey, you're you're referring to the other aspect of the yeah, like, question there. Yeah, yeah, like the other part of it that you're trying to get at. Like, I, yeah, I think but the, what the you just highlighted is, is, is so important to to reiterate, and I think yeah. you gave us the the main soundbite we'll need for <laughs> for this episode just there. Which I I thought you would say what you just said, and I'm glad you. It seems very, um, almost predictable that that's the truth when you really stop and yeah just shut it all off and put the phone away turn off the wi-fi yeah you know it's like put, put the remote away in the drawer yeah it seems predictable and you didn't have to do any of those things you just literally put one foot in front of the other and went and explored and sometimes that meant you were begrudgingly driving for too long but generally you're just out there connecting yeah which clearly you do effortlessly and it's in your nature, it seems. That's my perception for, for what it's worth. So there's almost something like really worth teasing out there about the mechanics of how to just connect with each other mm. that I perceive. And hence your cure, your consistent focus on, I think we could call it healing, but that may or may not be the right word for you. Um, but everything that I perceive about you has to do with this certainly taking care of yourself, but it seems like there's an inherent like general healing component to it. And mm -hmm. it almost sounds like this trip was um, unintentionally perhaps, but about partly healing as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're um... two and a half months is a good trip. Yeah, for anything nice. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. exactly yeah i'm glad we're recording the smile on your face there <laughs> yeah it's a good one two it, and a half months is a trip no matter what you're doing yeah 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 and you need that amount of time i found with traveling it takes about a month even to settle into the travel mm -hmm. just to kind of decompress and realize okay i'm i'm on the move here and to get adjusted to this new way of you know of being and uh so it takes a little bit of time for that to settle in even for me who's i've done a little bit of travel now and it takes that takes some time things take time so do you so i want to hear what you said about we're gonna say about the heartbeat but i guess the curiosity is do you think 
or the specific component that I'd love you to comment on is, do you think, even with what you just said about like, we're actually very genuinely, like we're not, there's, there really isn't a nightmare if you, if you just shut all the noise off, hmm. it's actually good. We're good. We're, we are good <laughs> at the end of the day is more or less the, that's my oversimplification of what you just said. Um, so with respect to something like a razor's edge, which I, I honestly often relate to this as that, my little OCD, I always line this up right <laughs> and all that. So that's both and, both and, right? Yin, yang, and all that, both and, black, white, et cetera, et cetera, the two wolves. Um, despite that foundation that you you see and that I, I think is true, I agree for what it's worth, think is very true does seem like there's necessary healing which on a large on a, a larger scale than just you and just me so are we doing that is that is that happening and can't have we may yeah go on i'll pause there <laughs> uh healing isn't like a community healing like collective healing probably all of it probably anything you can think of and uh, even with respect to last night obviously that's relevant too yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, is that happening? I don't know. Healing, healing never looks like the way you think it's going to look like. So while it can look like we're in a state of sickness, it could be part of the healing. So I, I really don't know if we're striving towards that or going away toward or getting sicker whatever that looks like. Um, so it's, it's difficult to say if we're doing that. I know like a lot of people are trying their best to go with their personal healing and collective healing and, and their viewpoint on it. And some people, I think a, a lot of us don't even realize how sick we are and the state of affairs that, you know, the spiritual mental emotional physical state that we carry can be quite sick i mean like look at we have a lot of obese people we have a lot of antidepressants that are being prescribed to people and that's a sickness you know and we're not really taking care of ourselves like that anymore and uh and it's difficult to to go through your healing you, you have to be open and receptive to it and it requires you to be vulnerable and to take a, a look at yourself in a way that a lot of us don't want to look at, you know, aspects of ourselves that it's like, gosh, like I really said that or I really did that, um, you know, and to buck up and ask for forgiveness and such uh, and to admit that, um, you know, I made a mistake. I was wrong. I'm sorry. That's a, that's a pretty big hurdle to, to get over. So, and like pointing of fingers, you know, blaming others and instead of, uh, you know, taking a look at ourselves first to take care of what's happening internally versus taking a look externally all the time. I, I think it's almost like inherent in human nature to live externally and it's very difficult to turn and look internally. And that's why, it's, you know, meditations really difficult for some people because you have to sit with yourself and to watch the mind start bucking and 
ramping up and realize that that's happening moment by moment, day after day. And um, so it's, I think that's <clears throat> kind of where it's at. If that, if that answers your question. Of course, it's a great <laughs> answer. And yes, the, uh, I don't know. I think it's important not to be presumptuous about human nature and the human condition at this stage, which you weren't, but I, I don't know. And actually this, this is a good preface to an, a really important question for me. So yeah, is it human nature for us to live externally? Is that part of the human condition? I don't know. It's clearly a tendency. No, for sure. It's clearly normal Gotta at survive. the moment. <laughs> well, yeah, right. But we also know that that's, especially in some of the traditions you're extremely familiar with, not the only, uh, <coughs> only tool that's used for survival. And my understanding mm. is that there's a very relevant tool of looking inward that's sometimes that sometimes contributes to literal survival especially yeah. on a collective scale for sure um so it's not just about external for survival of course i think i know what you meant but hmm. either way yeah there's always both um maybe it's just been the norm to do it either way i don't know if it has to be that way right and i i'm almost positive it doesn't it's a theory whatever the theory, though, begs the question of hype. Like, so it, it's always I, everything you said about healing makes perfect sense to me, especially in that. You again, something with respect to what you just dealt with last night, the relapsing and the uh, not yours, but somebody relapsing and the um, the toxicity detox uh, components that go hand in hand with some of the work you're doing. Um, yeah, healing and progress don't always look obvious is something i've said before they're not it's not yeah. always obvious no otherwise we would do it uh, yeah, well, probably yeah. <laughs> um i guess the question that's there for me a lot of the time is uh it's it's a curiosity i suppose helps and and because i want to stay lighthearted about it and not get attached to the outcomes but Curiously, could we normally just be healthy? <laughs> right? Like, could we yeah. normally, as a species, as a culture, be healthy? And it's such a silly and simple question, but I don't know what else we would possibly want. Hmm. Like, it's almost absurd to think that, to think, no, no, we couldn't. It's like, okay, that's at best defeatist, but it, it seems pretty insane. Why the hell couldn't we? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's a it's a almost insultingly obvious question. Like, well, if that's not the goal, then what is? If nor if for health to not be the the norm at any stage in our an individual's experience, a collective's experience, then what is the goal? What is the what is the intention? It would it just doesn't make any sense to me that that wouldn't be the primary objective no matter what else we're exploring no matter what else is happening no matter what unpredictable and new component gets thrown into the mix which is going to happen mm. whether it's just a tree falling or <laughs> um 
somebody having uh yeah something that we would call a sickness anything could happen but normally for for it to normally be for for health uh, to be the norm seems like the primary objective i don't know why it wouldn't be so in that regard i'm curious if we're healing and it sounds like you say as as far as you're concerned as far as you can tell probably <laughs> it's just a curious question that i'm always sitting with mm. Yeah, I, you know, it takes effort to stay healthy. It takes time. Do you think dedication. that has to be the case, though? I guess that's part of the question. Like, does it have to take so much effort? Or is that part of our sort of imbalance, if you will, if we're not... Like, all these metaphors about the razor's edge, for example. And, and <clears throat> I don't get the impression any other animal has as much has to put as much effort into it as we do, aside from eating and the work that goes into getting food, <laughs> which seems like something we're pretty adept at doing and want to be able to do well. But um, I don't know. I guess I just don't, I don't know why it has, it doesn't make sense to me that it has to take so much effort to be healthy. Well, I think in the end, like, it doesn't have to be this way, right? We can create something different if we wanted to. It can be anything that we desire to be, really. So we're creating this at the moment. So if we wanted it to be different, it could be totally different. So if, if we wanted to stay healthy, we no, no doubt we can make it more accessible and easier and just kind of interweave it within our, our lifestyle and make that happen. When I was referring to like it takes time and everything, that's with this current system that's in play where you got the eight hour workday or more and you're working five, six, seven days a week, you know, to get on the treadmill and run an hour. It's like, bro, I don't got time for that, you know? <laughs> Nor is that sufficient. Yeah. For a number of reasons. But so, um, you know, even to sit at a desk and be sedimentary the whole entire day. Um, when, you know, we should be walking and be upright a lot of times. And it's not, it's not built into how we're living and being as a, as a person. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's totally feasible to say it could be different and we could easierly live in a healthier lifestyle. Uh, but, you know, everyone has their opinion on like what that looks like then too, you know? Oh, gosh, yes, I do know that. And so. that's a big part of why I'm so committed to simplifying it. Mm. Like back to what I was saying in the back room there. Yeah, the simplify it, simplify it, simplify it. And and with that simplicity, just get down to like the, the, the most rudimentary details that are true for everybody. Like, you know, the simplest things being like you've got the same more or less skeletal structure that I have. Let's let's play with that. <laughs> you need to breathe. Let's play with that mm -hmm. and build from there. Like this is just the simplest bare bones, pun intended, kind of foundation. <laughs> I yeah, I'm always just that's that's my whole thing. So I'm curious about that with other people. No, keeping it simple is extremely difficult to do, and it, but it's really useful and important to have in your life. You know, as the simpler we keep 
our life, the simpler the mind can be and relax more and be at ease. It's mm. like trying to juggle too many projects at once and dusting all these objects and things that we have and reorganizing things and having a yard sale to get rid of them to buy more things. And <laughs> it's like, it turns into a real conundrum, you know, of, of complicating something that could be quite, quite simpler and easy in, in that way, you know, easier. But, um, you know, it takes that, you know, your, your choice in, in that way. How, how do you want to exist? Uh, you know, I'm always conscious when, especially conversations get into some of these general questions, but again, let's eventually come back to your road trip. I'm always <laughs> conscious of listeners and the variety of listeners, like, just in the context of, and, and, and in the, um, so the variety of listeners and what maybe is most on people's minds right now, mm-hmm. and the variety of listeners that I'm thinking about could be, some could be really tickled by the musings of two young men exploring the general questions about what I would call real wellness and what's possible for humanity. Some would be probably fed up with it by now and maybe even annoyed and frustrated because it's just how the hell is this serving my life at this point? Like mm. I need to go take my dog for a walk or, um, for sure. or uh, make dinner or quite <clears throat> frankly, I just don't give a shit about this. Uh, and, and that variety is fascinating to me to be aware of. And I know so many people are caught up in that's not the right wording. So many people are thinking about COVID as mm-hmm. well. Not wrongly, not wrongly at all. Um, I've been thinking a lot about it, somewhat begrudgingly, but nevertheless, almost out of necessity. I don't know how to bring that into the conversation, but I guess I just wanted to acknowledge that it's on my mind and maybe it's worth tying it in or or not i don't know what do you think <laughs> i think you you brought up a good point of how two guys sitting here and chit-chatting and it's like well, i'm fed up with it uh, <laughs> i can totally dig it you know there's so much chit-chat on this topic and uh you know even with covid the constant talking of it it seems like and that wasn't a criticism us of us by the way of course no no no, no but just an for awareness. sure it's a valid valid point you know it's just an aspect of yeah. all of what i'm aware of in the midst of this yeah Uh, And then, yeah, just our general conversations that we have. It's always involving COVID now. Um, I don't know, you know, a lot of opinions out there and a lot of speculation. And I don't know what to make of it. And similar to you, I don't pay attention really so much to what the news is saying. It's Mark Twain, I believe he was the one who said um, to be in Informed is to be misinformed, and then it's, I forget the exact quote. Or then it's, um, better to be uninformed than misinformed. Uh, something along these lines. I'm totally botching it. Uh, so yeah, I really. Did you, did you get it? If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you read the newspaper, you're misinformed. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Something like <laughs> yep. That's it. So that I kind of that really stuck with me, uh, and then, you know, seeing just the slant that 
the media outlets have anymore. And um, yeah, stay away from it. Seems like he did actually say it. Because mm. I always want to know, like, all right, did that person actually say that? <laughs> this is the World Wide Web, after all. Yeah. You can put whatever the hell you want on here. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Which is a problem I think we truly do as a culture need to handle with authority, quite frankly. Mm. But that's a very perhaps different subject. Um, but yeah, there the information how to manage information, how to make sense of all the information. Mm. I guess that's what I'm wondering if people are doing a good enough job at. Uh, and uh, I don't difficult. think so. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that was that was a neat face. <laughs> that was a different face. <laughs> huh. I mean, that's how I generally feel about that 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 topic. It's you know, like you keep it simple, and like all that's so complex, and it's, that's a, isn't that a crazy statement? Keep it simple. That's so complex. It's so complex to keep it simple. Yeah, it can be. We call it simplexity, actually, here. Simplexity. Simplexity, yeah. No. I, I didn't make that word up, but we, we've been using it a lot. Mm. The simplexity of this issue. Yeah. It's just a fun thing that we say a lot. So that's what you're kind of... And this is what like a road trip is really good for, is to step away from all that and to be just... Well, right. That's what I assumed car. was yeah. what you got out of it. That's yeah. what I was assuming. So. De de Detach, like in travel in general, really helps you detach and yeah. enter into your own personal sphere, and you you enter in, <clears throat> enter into the world in a different way. You see things differently as you travel. And again, <clears throat> excuse me, it, it takes about a month for you to settle in on something like that, so you can start perceiving things differently and to detach. And and I mean detach, detach, like you, you know put the phone on timeout don't be looking on your your uh, laptop and to really just be present and to enjoy the sights and the scenery and the people and the interactions and the food and such um getting caught up in that uh, yeah it's 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 it drags you down to be get caught up in all the information and what's happening and all that so the road trips help for that so yeah, it's a good way to spend time by yourself too and to really get to know yourself, enjoy that aspect. And that's good too. Sit by yourself, take a road trip by yourself, travel by yourself, go out to eat by yourself. It's good for you because you're, you're sitting with you. You know, that's a good way to be. Take care of yourself like that. How well can you withstand your own company? You know? Yeah, go hiking. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. We're missing out on it. I see that happening big time. You know, like, you know, putting a pause on going to the Rockies. And that's a, that's not a vacation. That should be a pilgrimage. You know, to go visit the mountains, like real mountains. And to be in all of that and all of creation and how beauty it is, what beauty is and allow that to take you away and to sit in silence and just admire the landscape you know 
Yeah, miss out on the see the stars and all that. Yeah. To sit by a fire. These these like human rights that we're missing out on. Passages, you know, to to see these things, to be in forests, to be in deserts. I don't know, that's what I've, I've come across more and more, going hiking by myself and road trips by myself. You know, it's okay to be by yourself. It's good advice. And it's essentially okay. like going inward, but without that literal component. Because there isn't really an inward and an outward, really. It's just about awareness mm. and paying attention yeah. and observing. It's not, there is no actual inward and outward, so to speak. Right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they're all just silly concepts and constructs. Understand? I understand. Obviously, I think most people understand what is implied, but truly, it's just paying attention, and being aware. Yeah. Um, and you can do that. Well, the I suppose ideal is you can do that. Period. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and you can do it anywhere. You don't have to go to the Rockies. Well, that's what I meant. You yeah, know? you can just do that. That's the ideal. Yeah. Regardless of the... Well, because, yeah, if you were dependent on the mountains, there lies another kind of external component that's... Really, is it about inward or not? Mm. Then that... Yeah. Did you... All right, so where did you go from Colorado? <laughs> uh... So from Colorado, we have to the Humbletcha. Um, we shot down to New Mexico and checked out a few places in New Mexico. Then went camping and su ended up supporting a Sundance down there outside Albuquerque. So we're down there and supported that. It's pretty hot, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was like 100. It was like 90s, maybe low hundreds i forget i really I, I not that i forget i don't know yeah i know it was hot i don't yeah. look at the temperature <laughs> we're here and that's it like why bother looking at the temperature you know it's like we're here to support so it could be pouring rain it could be snowing it could be whatever you know best not to worry about that and just stick with the prayer stick with the intention and support got it yeah so we did that too um after new mexico Sure. Uh, yeah, after New Mexico. And was it was this all mapped out beforehand? Like you knew no, you were going to no. be in certain places, certain mm -hmm. times. No, it, <laughs> so my girlfriend, she's always asking us like, so where are we going to sleep tonight? And my answer is like, well, I don't know. <laughs> so then, for the most part, no, nothing's really mapped and out. And how does she respond to that? She's she's good with it now. She's like okay. in the car in the Walmart parking lot. Yeah, line. <laughs> she's alright with it. You know, she's she's a trooper like that, and she really just appreciates being able to have the opportunity to to do this so you know it's it's part of it you know, i can't we can't be staying in the holiday inn every night or the marriott every night and to be eating five-star course dinners and all that to to do two and a half months or one week like <laughs> you take your pick you mm -hmm. know so she's cool with it yeah she really enjoys it and it it, it is it's you know like how when, wild do you guys get do you like go hunting at all with this is there do you have a relationship with roadkill not to get too no, crazy out there or um, even dumpster diving or no i yeah. i would like to know more about dumpster diving and one of these days i'll go hunting um but no while we're out there no we don't have a cool well, actually i forget we met 
technically in the, within the context of like a a plant based um, workshop or, or mm-hmm. lecture that you came to. Right. So are you do you even eat meat or animals in any way? Yeah, you know, I was vegetarian for a little bit, and uh, traveling's pretty hard to have food restrictions. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult, especially in some culture contexts. Like whatever's being served, you have to have some of it. Uh, so I do eat meat now. I, I try my best to stay away from pork and stay away from that as much as possible and red meat. Uh, not to say that I completely exclude myself from that, but I do have it. And But now my body's, you know, paying body awareness, paying attention to the body. I feel more and more to eat like almost vegan mm. and to be on that, to allow that to take place and allow my body some time and space to get off animal products and just have plants just to give the body a break, you know, and feeling the call to eat raw vegetables and not saying I want to be raw and I'm doing it for this. I'm doing it for that. It's just because I, it's coming, it's feeling it. And when I eat raw broccoli, like I did the other day, I was like, Oh no, this is so good. And that's really rare for me just to take down a bunch of raw vegetables and enjoy it. So yeah, just going with that and seeing how long that will take. Or where that goes. Yeah, and be flexible with it, you know. At least for me. Yeah. So yeah, I do eat meat at the moment. Yeah. I had ended up having pork a whole bunch recently. Like you, I did. Oh. Yeah. So I was totally off. That pork was the free. one you mentioned not wanting. Yeah, exactly. And I was <laughs> and they started coming more and more. So I started eating pork. So I have some bacon here, a little pork here, pork there. And like my system totally changed. I could feel it quite literally when I would go to the bathroom. Everything changed within there. I was like, wow, like that's all pork product right there. And how that all changed and like the feeling and the sensation. And I thought, hmm, maybe there's some importance in paying attention to that and realizing it doesn't really feel that healthy. Maybe it's really not that healthy for me to eat. And just more or less just being aware of what the body's saying and how I'm feeling overall as I take in products. Does Carolina eat the same way essentially? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Vegetarian with, you know, we do quite a bit of chicken and eggs. That's the meat that we would find in our diet the most. So. Probably yeah. enough. Yeah. And there's, we can both go vegan or vegetarian, you know. But um, so, but yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, traveling makes it trickier, especially in certain states, I'm sure. Although you... May have been in the relatively more diverse. You weren't really in the quote unquote South, so it might have been easier. My assumption is that some parts of the South is where it's trickiest. I have mm. traveled through some of the country by car, um, and I don't recall having as easy a time getting certain foods in certain areas. <laughs> you, discipline and dedication to that practice, like uh, the cats off to all the vegans out there, you know, like. It requires effort to do that and discipline, dedication. Um, yeah, I, I can appreciate that that lifestyle, that that choice. Yeah, and the raw ones, they end up usually moving to Hawaii or the tropics anyway. So, yeah, <laughs> fed in different ways. Yeah, for sure. I, mean, <laughs> I know sense. that's not entirely true, but I do know a few people who have done that. If you're trying to live that lifestyle, then it's, it's um, you know. It's probably the best move, <laughs> you know, 
Because it's all right there. You got so many different varieties of fruits and it's easier to grow vegetables in that way, I'm assuming. So, yeah, but back to that sort of opening um, organic concept, you know, the way, or that opening concept that emerged so organically from what you were describing about what's the word again in Colorado, what you did? The uh, humbletcha. The humbletcha. And, and that sort of putting out, we, we, we laid out all of these things that are, again, universal and inclusive from um, just the random list of the, the razor's edge and both end and the Tao and the yin yang and the, the two wolves and the, um, the red road, if mm. you will. And the, the connections to burning bushes and things that have, uh, millennia of history, such as the Bible, whether it's old or new, quote unquote, you know, Judea or Christian or both. And the, the, putting out of all of these ingredients that have this effect on humans in a seemingly similar way, regardless of time and place, not identical, not, not the same way, but similar. It's hard for me to not wonder if there isn't a generally best human way to, you know, relate to, um, food <laughs> i don't have a better word for it i was going to say nutrients or eating or nutrition but just or even resources which is another provocative and somewhat controversial word is there a best way i don't have the answer of course i don't no. think anybody does but it's hard not to wonder for me at least well, wouldn't it go right into the seasons it seems that well that's an inherently Tao like right isn't that an inherently sort of Taoist attitude Makes well, sense. <laughs> is it well going back to like the human thing, right? Isn't that just a, a sentence of living off the land and you're not gonna find blueberries in the middle of December? We're not even technically you know, off the land, but in relationship. In relationship, right, from relationship. The, living from the land or however to phrase it, but yeah, to be in cycle with the cycle. Yeah. And to have that kind of and to move with that seems sort of that potential so to that point, if that's potentially really true, and, and I think it could be, the perhaps primary or one of the major um, catalysts for any sort of dis-ease universally would be, um, yeah, the, the negation of, of time and, and context and what you're calling seasons and... Um, newness and uh, the fact that something's we don't have the kind of control and and sort of true um inconsequential capacity to impose permanence the way we want to and think we should be able to hmm. in many different respects whether it's literally having blueberries all year or pavement which goes hand in hand <laughs> yeah or quote-unquote resources so Maybe that is the, maybe that is the primary conflict, um, and one of, if not the primary, reasons for the quote unquote sickness that you use. You used that word earlier, and makes sense that we're sicker than we think. Maybe that is part of it, and that inherently, that's almost like a fundamentally just a, 
a thinking problem or a psyche kind of problem or belief kind of problem, mm. a presupposition kind of problem. Yeah. Meaning it doesn't have to do with pork or meat. It has to do with the ideas and the beliefs fundamentally. Because mm. everything you laid out, you know, one could think of these as separate or distinct or divergent points of view, but inherently, clearly, they're not entirely. <laughs> they're not entirely. Mm-hmm. So there must be something to that. <laughs> must be some kernel of, dare I say, truth to that, of course. And I like that, the seasons, the, the reality of time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's... It's like we're we're never totally disconnected from nature because or anything know, or anything, right? Because we are it. We're, we're like we've come up out of nature, but just to like going back to what you're saying with the the concept of perception and the way we're thinking and such is that we are disconnected from nature. We're disconnected from ourselves, from our hearts, and um, that causes a lot of dis-ease essentially and yeah you know we're living i think of it like the indigenous and the people who live from the land and are still part of it living around the world like psychologically their their psyche is still round so they have the seasons around they live in round houses they live around trees that are round the bird's nest is round and so they have a lot of roundness within there and going right into Taoism and such. It's it's all about the circles, the cir- you know, and the circle of life and the, the sacred hoop and such. And now we live in a, a, like we as a society that we've created by our own choosing is we live in a square world. We live in square blocks, and square rooms, square houses, square timetables of like nine to five. And it's squared up, you know, and to bring back in the roundness and to live off the seasons more and have that opportunity to live like that it could provide some benefit i would i would imagine you know to help us get back in into tune because we're just out of tune a little bit just like a guitar you know we just need to be tuned up a little bit and then we can get some good harmonies flowing again sing a good song and get some dance involved <laughs> yeah That's least, a perfect go go on. At least that's my, no, my it, perception of it. Don't you don't need to footnote it. It's perfect. It's yeah. great. I mean, it's great. I don't think we don't need to say perfect. It's great. I remember the first time literally it was I could I could write a little short story about it. All that happened was somebody said something like God, yeah, 90 degree angles. They're so weird, aren't they? That was like the punchline of this story. It's like hmm. 90 degree angles are weird, right? And the way that the guy was pointing it out to me, is like, yeah, they just, there are no 90 degree angles, really. <laughs> it was, I'll never forget that moment. It was 2009, I think. And damn, he, I, I'm pretty sure he's right. Yeah, 11 years later, I'm pretty sure he's right. 12 years later, excuse me. And that is a big deal. And it's exactly what you just captured. And I do think, especially given the time, but especially, but more importantly, given what you just said, that we'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, 
I guess I want to also add the the potential for that awareness to have a greater impact, if you will, on a. I always think of the whole species at this point. I think it's important. I'm talking about thinking around. Well, I'm going to think of the whole Earth. I'm going to think of the whole planet. I'm going to think of the the entirety of existence, especially the human experience and the the human potential and the whole species mm -hmm. in relationship to all. I wonder if at the the bottom line is somehow what you just laid out is really just the the foundation of a new universal story and what could be what could could we really do anything with that awareness if we didn't put it into some sort of new and better and and um impermanent story that's what i'm most curious about i'll leave and and the possibility for that <laughs> Not one that is contrary to anything else or negating something else, but clearly new, mm. clearly relevant to now in a new way, where humanity is today, not where it was, not where we think it should have been, or where it went wrong, or where we were before, but now, today, with regard to Mark Twain, with regard to the Taoist priest, with regard to the the Hopi um wisdom with regard to uh the, obviously the list doesn't have to ever stop with regard to all of it maybe a new story not one that negates but one that includes not one that denies the distinctions but builds on them i wonder about that well, i think that's a generally consistent goal for for a lot of people to to develop that oh that was as far as i can see that was what COVID's all about go on <laughs> you know and the whole thing of like getting back to normal like no <laughs> like that's not it the covid's our chance our opportunity to make the change and this is our this is a us to really take a look at what we needed to do and look at what happened like we all had to stay at home and sit by ourselves and look at what happened because of that and just the amount of information and policymakers and everything and seeing kind of how dysfunctional it's become and but we want to go back to normal mm. although this is our chance and our opportunity to say yeah maybe no i would like to have some change and some of that change came in people being able to work from home now you know and and things of these sorts so you know, to incorporate what you were saying is, is it's now, quite literally. COVID should be helping us make a change overall for our lifestyle and our community and such instead of further dividing us and separating ourselves from each other and such. It's our opportunity to make the change, to incorporate, you know, kind of what you're bringing up, like the way of the ancestors and our elders and also incorporating the future and the future being technology, you know, and how to integrate those two to find better balance and harmony within ourselves and within our family unit and within our friends and the community as a general whole. Uh, I think we're, this is a great time to be alive. We're at a crossroads 
And this could be a big turning point if we choose to do so and to make that change. And some of those changes are changes in, in general are difficult for, for us, right? As people, we're humans of habit. So to break certain habits and say, okay, we're, we're going to start a new thing here. And for, you know, within like a month, it's not that hard, you know, just, just in the beginning. But uh, yeah, to make that change. To, to kind of piggyback what you were saying, to bring in the, the ancient traditions and wisdom that was in there. It was wisdom because that was trial and tribulations and everything from what you were talking about that took thousands of years to, to get a hold of. And we're losing it more and more as days go on. We're losing our elders. We're losing the teachings and we're straying away from them. And if we could you know bring that back in because... Like Hambletches, the vision quest. That's something, that's a rite of passage for young boys to go through. It's your, it's your point from you being a boy to turning into a man. From you being just a boy to a functioning member of a community. And to go through that, that's a rite of passage that we don't do. And like the indigenous were doing it for a reason. And it wasn't just in the north. You know, you've heard of walkabouts and the Maasai with their lion hunts. And I'm sure there's other tribes and traditions and cultures that were doing something along those lines of rites of passage. You know, we should, it's useful. It works. It's really beneficial, you know. Uh, yeah, to incorporate that into our mainstream society like that would be beneficial. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where else to take that one. <laughs> well, for today we don't have to, and that's a good. That's good. It's there's there's a need for a conclusion. Mm. I want to. It's tempting to just leave it at that, but I'll add, if I may, Yo, nothing. Or just adding that. I get it, and I hear you loud and clear, and I see, I see the need. I see why someone increasingly people like Jocko Willock and David Goggins are so provocative to young men because and so intriguing and inspiring because that is lacking and I get it and those are just like household names to a lot of people at this point mm. or even Wim Hof for that matter and I get it um, I also get that like just you know fitness isn't satisfying enough that's just like a um, it's almost a joke to think that something like just getting fit could be sufficient to what you're describing hmm. or college like these aren't sufficient for reasons that i think are subtle but it, but maybe increasingly obvious um it doesn't likely have to be one path if you will one mm -hmm. specific outline that works it's probably not going to be one specific outline that works for everybody period like going and <laughs> being alone in a cave that's not going to be the thing probably for everybody there probably is going to have to be a menu probably is going to have to be variety sure. and that is the the simplexity if you will mm. because of our awareness of to say the least, time within the context of the past and everything that we 
either know for sure or have wondered or assumed or considered because of stories and our awareness of other cultures today and our awareness of what's theoretically possible, especially with technology, there probably isn't going to be just one answer for everybody. Mm-mm. Well, that's why there's like different variations of it. And yeah, Well, yeah, but we know that today uniquely right. than we did 100 years ago. Oh, yeah. So, that's my mm-hmm. point. We mm-hmm. know that uniquely today. Yeah. We know that uniquely even compared to probably a few decades ago, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like our awareness totally. of that is very, very interesting and contextualized to today. I think. I think that's fair to say, mm-hmm. given the global world, given the awareness we have in a global sense. It's a very unique thing. Maybe a few decades old. Maybe a century and change, but not that old, right? So we have a lot to organize. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I believe we. I believe old. we can. I believe we can. This is no reason why we can't. Exactly. There is no reason we can't. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, the menu idea would be a good thing because then, you know, you're open up to different angles and different modalities and things that fit you as a person and and trials and tribulations of it and yeah i think it would be nice to be able to have that well there's something inherently excuse me there's something inherently Mm -hmm. biological about it i Mm -hmm. mean it it, at the end of the day does have to do with life and and supporting life and good life and Mm. and more life but a more good life like there is to to really use like basic simple language there is a biological need for the variety for the diversity yeah it's not a nice idea it's a imperative Mm. (laughs) and i always laugh at things like that because they are so there's no there's nothing profound about that it's just it's hilariously obvious yeah yeah (laughs) It's yeah. to me, it's hilariously obvious. It's right there, it's so simple. It's right in front of us. So let's look. I am gonna, unless you want to add anything, I'm gonna say we pause there. That works for me. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, hey, how are you? That was fun, right? He's really great. I look forward to part two with him. And uh, you, if I didn't mention this before, which I'm pretty sure I didn't, and we'll make sure we have it in the notes, you can join Shane here at Koru for private sessions at this point. Tai Chi sessions, to say the least, and you'll probably explore more. So reach out if you want to meet Shane in person, if this was intriguing to you. And obviously, he's going to be back on. It's always nice when people say they want to do part two. He's going to be back on so we can explore more of his trip to say the least. For now, thank you, and we'll see you soon. Next episode, I'm pretty sure, is going to be Connor or Lindsay and Connor, Connor and Lindsay, and then a two-parter with Chandler Stevens. Uh, We got a lot of stuff. It's all great. Thank you. Appreciate you coming.